Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. And what you, and what you, here's what you do. And what you do is, is you begin to walk forward with him and you go through the resistance. You're going to suffer many things to enter the kingdom of heaven. But I want to show you this thing real quick about the faith. Everybody say the faith again. I want to, I'm going to put three scriptures on the screen. One, two, three, four, back to back. Acts chapter 6 and verse 7. I want to show you the uses of the, of the word of faith. Give me King James Version. It's safer for me in the King James Version because I understand where it is. Okay. The Bible says, And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem. That means more people were getting saved in Jerusalem. It multiplied greatly. Watch this. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the... Notice now, it says they were obedient to the faith. What is the faith? We're going to talk about that in a minute. I'll go forward now to Acts chapter 13 and verse 8. Acts 13 and verse 8. But Elemas the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them seeking to turn away the deputy from the the faith. Give me a new living translation. I don't know what it says. I just want to see what it says. Ah, here it is. It says, but Elimus the sorcerer, as his name means in Greek, inferred and urged the governor to pay no attention to what Barnabas and Saul said. He was trying to keep the governor from doing what? Notice in the King James, it's the faith, but in the new, more modern translation, it's believing. So the faith is believing in Jesus Christ. But remember this now. Believing in Jesus Christ is not just about being saved from sin, which is the major component to bringing you into the kingdom of God. But after you're saved from sin, after you're born again, you're going to need to be saved every day. And I'm going to say this to you, and people say, well, this is just for older people. Well, okay, well, we will take it, but I'm going to tell you this. It's for you too. If you think that this message is insignificant when we talk about Jesus, then you're not ready to die. Because the single most important thing, I don't care what you accomplish in life, when you die, when you're getting ready to die, the one thing you need to be sure about, you need to know for sure. They're not going to ask you about your savings and your your stocks. They're not going to ask you about your inheritance or your will. What they're going to ask you about, listen, anyone that believes in God and and wants you to be saved, they're going to ask you one question. How is your relationship with Jesus? And in that moment, you better not be fronting. You tell them, listen, it's been better. I had a guy tell me one time, it's been better. I said, you've been dying for eight years. I had a friend, he was dying eight years. I said, what do you mean it's been better? So he said, heart has just been better. Now, that's before the grace days. And I said, are you crazy? Let's get this fixed now. And so we went through the prayer. And he was like, can you just pray? No, no, no. We, I'm not going to pray for you. We're going to pray together. We need to get this thing right. That's what I said. I tell you what I'm going to do. We're going to pray now. I'm going to drive to Toledo to do this concert. I'm going to check in you when I get there. When I got there, he was dead. And I'm going to tell you this right now. If you don't believe... That this thing about being obedient to the faith is not just about faith as a system or method of getting things from God. The faith is your relationship with God. And let me tell you this right now. This is very important. God is not interested in your goodness right now. It's going to come. 
You can't have a relationship with Jesus and, not, not, and goodness not come. What he's interested in is your believing. Do you believe that God sent Jesus to die for your sin? By a show of hands. Put them down. Do you believe, listen to this now. Do you believe that when he died for you, he settled the issue of sin once and for all? Do you believe, understand what I'm about to ask you. Do you believe that somewhere in this whole economy of walking with God, you have got to learn to do right? Do you understand that you are not going to do right all the days of your life hard as you try? Do you understand that your inability to perform consistently in no wise cancels God's love for you? Do you understand that right now in this whole setting, God is loving you even though you're thinking about doing something? <laughs> no. how, many, how, many of you, how many of you believe that God is loving you right now and it will never change? Let me tell you something. That is called the faith. Put the next scripture up there if you got the outline. Go to Jude chapter 1 verse 3. I want to show you this. He says, Beloved, when I give all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you, watch this now, that ye should earnestly, say those next words, contend for the faith which was once delivered. You must earnestly do what? You know what the word contend means? When, when someone comes to challenge a champion, they're called a contender. He says you have to fight for it. You have to fight for your believing. You have to fight for your believing. You believe God is a healer, then you get sick. And you say, well, it's not going to last, and it lasts years. And you're still in the struggle. And you wonder, what is going on? And all of a sudden, watch this now. Because you don't think your faith is working, you struggle with the faith. You think, well, maybe I don't have enough faith. And you confuse you're not having enough faith with the faith. And here's the thing you don't understand. This is where we get to read a whole chapter. Y'all forgive me for doing this in advance. We got to do this and then I'll be done. Here's what I came to tell you. The first time under the law first mentioned, the just shall live by faith is mentioned in Scripture. Something was going on in Israel. And I want you to read the conditions for yourself because I can't tell you what it is. I just want you to read the conditions. We're going to read it and want you to look at this. And the prophet of God had been given a burden from the Lord. A burden from the Lord is when God keeps pointing a prophet to a situation. There, I'm going to tell you something. There are many of you who are called to intercession but don't know how to manage it. So you become a gossip. You thought I was trying to be funny. I'm going to tell you the truth. God will point you to situations and show you things that are wrong. And your job is to get before him and pray it out until it fixes. But you don't understand that and it takes discipline to do that. So what you do, instead of contending against the resistance of the enemy, it's harder to talk to God than it is to people. Because you can see them and get their response immediately. So you find something, God, did you hear and now, watch this now, you're not discharging your prayer burden. Satan has, Satan has contaminated your, your intercessory gift and turned you into a talebearer. When it was God. Now, go to, go to, to um, um, where am I? Habakkuk chapter, chapter 1 and verse 1. King James Version first. 
Everybody read this out loud. Ready with all your mind. Ready? Read. The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. Say it again. The burden. Here's the word burden in the Hebrew. The word burden means that God keeps pointing him to something that is wrong until it becomes so heavy for him he can't hardly sleep. It's a burden. Something is wrong and he keeps seeing that's wrong. He knows it's wrong. Does anybody else see this? No, you're the only one. Why? Because God didn't show it to them. He showed it to you. But I just tell him, it's, no, 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 no. If God wanted them to see it, he'd have showed them too. But he showed you. It became your prayer burden. It's your burden. Everybody says, my burden. And the Bible says in Galatians 6, every man must bear his own burden. That's part of your burden. That's part of your backpack. You, got to, you put it in your backpack and you take it before the Lord. Watch this now. So Habakkuk sees this condition. And it raises questions and it challenges his faith. Right now, you're in a situation where your faith is being challenged because you thought it's going to go one way and it went another way. You thought this thing was going to turn out. You invested in it and it failed. You bragged on it and it didn't happen. You were part of it and it didn't go well. You don't even know what to do anymore. Some of us are in situations that we committed to years ago and we're only there because we're ashamed to get out. I've been married for 55 years and you're miserable. And then some fool gonna leave that same pastor and get divorced. I tell you, don't get divorced. Divorces are more expensive than marriages. How you know? Ask me. Call, pick me, teacher. Pick me. I tell you. Let me tell you something. I, I'm going to help you out. What, if you're going to continue in something, then you have to continue with the right attitude and the right information. You can't just exist in it because you, because you want folk to look at you and say you survived it. It's not about surviving. It's about thriving. So, New Living Translation. And so, as modern translators translate this scripture, the burden becomes a message. This is the message that the prophet Habakkuk received in a vision. How long, O Lord? He begins to speak. He says, he's praying out his burden. He said, how long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? So here's what we must, you must understand. He's been praying. Everybody say, he's been praying. He's been praying. But he says, how long must I call for help, but you don't listen? Here's what he says. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. If you have a relationship with God, you've been here. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. I'm not. You prayed and God didn't show up nowhere. Watch this. Must I forever see these evil deeds? The the prophet is praying. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. What does it sound like? Sound like the times we, it sounds like Facebook. Sound like the time we're living in, doesn't it? Look at verse 4. He says, the law has become paralyzed and there's no justice, not even in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous. So justice has become so perverted. 
that they're taking it out now in the streets, just killing folk. The Lord replied, look around at the nations. Look and be amazed. For I am doing something in your own day. Something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. So everybody look at me for a minute. I'm almost done. The prophet of God talks to God about a situation. God is not responding. So the first issue that he has is, I'm praying and you're not saying nothing. God begins to talk to him and I want you to pay attention. God is going to present an answer to him that he doesn't agree with. Look at this. He said, he said, for I'm doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. Verse 6. He says, I'm raising up the Babylonians, a cruel and violent people. They will march across the world and conquer other lands. Verse 7. They are notorious for their cruelty and they do whatever they like. Their horses are swifter than cheetahs and fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their charioteers charge far away. Like eagles, they swoop down to devour their prey. Next verse, he says this. On they come, all bent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind, sweeping captives ahead of them like sand. Verse 10. They scoff at kings, have no respect for authority, and princes, and scorn all their fortresses. They simply power. In other words, back in the day, they have walls around the cities, and, and all they would do, they'll come, the Bible says, and they'll pile ramps of dirt against their walls and walk right up the wall and capture them. Nothing stopped them. God says, I'll raise them up. Look at the next verse. They, they, they swept past like the wind. They sweep past rather like the wind and are gone. But they are deeply guilty. Here's what God says. These people that I'm raising up to solve the problem, they're guilty. They're deeply guilty before me for their own strength is their what? Here's what God says. You've been praying for me to fix a situation. And what I did was... I call on something more evil than the situation you see to fix the evil situation. Wait a minute. But that's not what I was praying. And God is like, but you're not in charge. And what you see is limited and most times only involves you. What I'm seeing is the whole picture. You want it fixed for a moment. I want it fixed for good. And right now, God is using people in your life as sandpaper. He's using systems like a chisel. He's using different things that the enemy throws at you to get what he wants out of the situation. And then in verse 12, he says, the prophet prays, Oh, Lord, my God, my Holy One, you who are eternal, surely you do not plan to wipe us out. Oh, Lord. Notice now, look at the Lord. He says, Oh, Yahweh, my Elohim. Oh, Yahweh, my God. He says, our, our rock, you have sent these Babylonians to correct us, to punish us for our many sins. Look at verse 13. But you are pure and cannot stand the sight of evil. Will you wink at their treachery? Should you be silent while the wicked swallow up people more righteous than they? He said, we, we bad, but we're not as bad as they are. And he's telling God, you're wrong for this. Have you ever told God, you're wrong for this? Have you ever thought it? You're wrong. I've been praying for about this. You promote them. I'm the one been praying. I've been trying to do right. They weren't trying to do right. But you're blessing them and I'm still here. What are you doing? And watch this now. Are we only fish to be caught and killed? Are we only sea creatures that have no leader? Keep rolling. Must we be strung up on their hooks and caught in their nets while they rejoice and celebrate? 
Then they will worship their nets and burn incense in front of them. These nets are the gods who have made us rich, they will claim. Verse 17. Will you let them get away with this forever? Will they succeed forever in their heartless conquests? Here's what he says. After he prays his prayer, he says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. And you say, Pastor, why you read all, read all this to us? Because there's some scriptures that you know, but you don't do them in context. And in the absence of context, they will always be pretext. In other words, if you don't know what it means, you'll make something up. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God, Hart Ramsey. To subscribe, simply text the word Uplift to the number 46786. Once again, text the word Uplift to the number 46786. And daily you'll receive a text message designed to uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Amen. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Heart Ramsey. So now the next verse. Then the Lord said unto me, now you, give me King James, because everybody know the King James version of this. And the Lord answered to me and said, everybody read with me. Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. Verse 3, out loud, you read it with me. For the vision is for, come on, read. But at the end, and not lie, though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come Stop. How many you know that scripture? You heard it before? You thought he was talking about something, some vision you wrote about your life. No. Here's what God said. He said, you've been praying. I gave you the burden for this. I gave you the assignment. I showed this to you. I put it in your heart. I told you to desire to be blank, to build a, a situation to help this, to do that. Whatever, I, I put it in your heart. And that's what God says. You don't understand the road I'm taking. But I want you to write down the vision I gave you, the entire vision, how the, the situation, my solution, write it all down. He said, and every time someone asks you about it, tell them exactly what I just told you so they could run to me for help. Yes, sir. And here's what he said. He said, because it's for an appointed time. It's going to happen. It's going to speak at the end. He won't lie. He said, and if it tarries, I want you to do what? The word tarry means to delay. If, it, if it's delayed, you wait on it. Pastor, what, do you, what, I don't, what does this have to do with where you started? Watch. Look at verse 4. This is the first time this statement is made. He said, behold, his soul which is lifted up in, is not upright in him. Finish the verse with me out loud. What does it say? But the... Here's what he said. Here's what God told him. He said, if you don't like... 
the way I'm doing it, it tells me you're in pride. And the reason I chose this way to fix the situation that I had you to pray about is so that I could fix the problem and deal with your pride at the same time. Do you know that when people mess up and you stand away from them in judgment, it's pride? Do, do, you, know, do you know that when you, when you look at people who you claim to be worse than yourself, and you, when you see them in their mess and you look at yourself, you say, well, man, bless God, I'm not like that. It's pride. When God tells you to wait on something, on his timing, and you go, God, just take it too long. It's pride. Because you know what faith says? Faith says Yahweh is my Elohim. He's my God. And if he says, wait, I'm going to wait. And if, if I need strength, watch this now. He's going to send strength. But I'm going to do what he told me to do. It's mentioned three other times in the New Testament, alluded to two times besides that. Five times, six times in all of Scripture is mentioned. And each time, he's given specific direction to just live by faith. In Romans chapter 1, verse 17, he said, For herein is the righteousness of God fulfilled, declared from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. In other words, when God tells you I made you right with me, and it doesn't feel like it, God says, I need you to live by faith. What does it mean? I need you to keep saying what I say, and keep write down what I say, so you can be playing, and when trouble comes, run to me. Don't ask me to change the situation, ask me to change you. Now let me show you this. So, so there's a story, Greg Softly. There's a story I want to end with. It's not in my notes, so I could close my notes. I was standing out here this morning. I came out. And there's something about when you come into the sanctuary. You come into the sanctuary, and every ministry gift has a different unction from God. The word unction means a touch. He reaches into your heart, and he massages it. And he keeps it beating. As a pastor... When I first developed this, or when I first noticed it, I was a young pastor. I just turned 25, and I noticed that when I walked into the sanctuary, if I didn't guard my thoughts, I could actually feel people. I could sense need, and it was, I remember Pastor Wallace, who pastors uh, a Crossroad Christian Church in, in Delaware. He came to me when he was called to pastor. He was a pilot. He's a, a military pilot, and he came to me, and he says, the Lord told me to come to you because there's some things you're going to share with me about being a pastor. And he said, what do I need to know? I told him several things, and I said, but I said, Tony, there's one thing you need to know. I said, you're going to experience this thing when you stand in the pulpit and you fall in love with the people, that whatever they're feeling, you're going to feel. I said, and to, to speak the word of the Lord, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to, to set your faith to say what God told you to say, or else you'll be preaching all over the place because they will be pulling on you because they need a word. And so I came into the sanctuary this morning, and, and I came in. I, I was still in my mind trying to figure out how I'm going to condense this message, and and then the Lord showed me a picture as I sensed your pull. And it was a picture of Jesus. The Bible says that after, this is, this is an amazing statement the Bible says. It says when the soldiers got tired of ridiculing him, they, became, they got bored spitting on him and slapping him and making fun of him. They dressed him in a robe and he, and he looked like this, this makeshift king of thrift store king with a, a blood running down his forehead and this thorn sticking in and he's standing looking pitiful and he won't say anything what kind of man are you is what they were thinking they were, these were men's men these were Roman soldiers 
they beat him to the point. 600 of them had walked up to him and slapped or punched him in his face successively. And now he, he was, it was time for the other part of the crucifixion, which was to take the beam of the cross, put across his shoulder, strap it to his hand, and then they lead him up a road called the Via da Rosa. The Via da Rosa went up to the place of the skull where David had brought Goliath's head years before. David killed Goliath in the valley of Elah and went several miles with his head and took it to Jerusalem. And they buried it in a mountain. And the mountain was called Gal Goliath. Gal Goliath. By the time Jesus comes, it's called Golgotha. There's a road that leads up to it called the Via da Rosa. And he's coming down this road. And a strange thing happens. When he was tired and couldn't continue, because of the weight that God had put on him, he buckled. And a man named Simon of Cyrene was snatched at the crowd. He just happened to be there. A strong man. You think he just happened to be there? No. Whenever you get to the place where you can't carry what God put on you, someone is going to be there. That God is stationed there. Because with God, continuous is a big deal. He had to finish what he started. He had done all he could. And he was Jesus. The Bible says they were strapped the beam from him. Strapped it on Simon. And it said, carry it. And Jesus walked behind Simon. It was a pitiful scene. All the people who were lined up on the roads, who had, who had hollered, crucify him the day before, they were still spitting and hissing and saying, oh, and they didn't know he was dying for them. Suffering is always a substitute. And until he had finished, he didn't know. For sure, it would be worth it. What you're going through now is worth it. It's building something bigger than your hands could construct. It's dealing with something deeper than you can sense right now. It's pulling on God in ways that you could never pray out loud. You, you don't have the vocabulary to articulate that. What you just went through, what you're going through, is God saying to you, I've got you. And if you get tired, just tell him I'm tired and watch him send strength from different places. Strength will come from places that you can't even imagine. Why? Because he is your Yahweh. Somebody shout Yahweh. You are my Elohim. Paul said again, say Yahweh. Yahweh. You are my Elohim. Now in English, say Jehovah. You are my God. That's what it's for. It's for times like these. Someone lets you out of here. I kept you long. I kept you long. And you're going to make this. The pastor, the doctor said, I'm going to die. Okay. Doctors don't make calls for God, but if you let's let's go with that. Let's go with that. Let's just say he's right, because he's guessing, he's practicing. They give me too much to live. How can they give you too much to live? They didn't make you. But let's just say they're right. Here's what Paul said. He said we're caught betwixt two. We don't know which one is better. Whether to remain and be a blessing to you, or to go and be with the Lord, for to be absent. In the body is to be present so you don't lose either way. 
And when you start having the attitude that my God knows best, watch this now, and the doctors can say what they want to, but they are not my God. They don't have the final say. God has the final say. And listen, if I'm not done, I ain't going nowhere. And they don't, they don't get to tell you when you're done. They don't get to tell you when you're done. They don't get to tell you when you're done. You, with length of days and long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation somebody shout I'm not done shout it's worth it no 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 shout it it's worth it it's worth it it's worth it it's worth it Little Pete come so God so God put your marriage on the front burner and he turned the heat up and he put your job in the crucible. And he put your family in the grinder. And God put your reputation on the line. And God did all these things that you don't understand. He's using people that's worse than you to persecute you. It doesn't make sense. And what you don't understand is, at the end of the day, when you come out of this thing, you're going to be the person that God promised you'd be. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram at Pastor Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.